For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told. So nice to have you back. A little mini hiatus last week. I was remodeling a kitchen. Yes, I don't know if you caught the little mini episode I put up explaining all this, but yeah, I'd never done that before. I've remodeled lots of stuff. I've done lots of, you know, home renovation projects inside and out, especially lately with the quarantine. My tools have gotten quite a workout, but I have this property that I rent out in Guelph, Ontario. I rent it out to students, and it was in dire need of a new kitchen. So I, I planned it out. I designed it. I ordered it. I picked it up. I installed it. It was a lot of work. I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but I think for some reason I sort of underestimated it at the same time, but it came together. It took about six days. You know, there was some, had to go to the store, pick up some things, forgot this, forgot that. But all in all, uh, it went pretty well. So that's what I was doing. That's why I delayed this a week. But this episode is 100% worth the wait. We have... A rock and roll legend, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Styx. Yes, Styx is on the show. He's 73 years old, and he's not slowing down. He's got a new record. It's awesome. And this guy is highly, highly entertaining and hilarious. And I loved absolutely every minute of this conversation. You are in for a huge treat. Before we get into that, I want to thank everyone again just for listening to this. If you like the show, please tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's keep spreading the word on this thing. Repost it on social media, write a review on iTunes. All that stuff really does go a long way in helping this out. Also, check out our sponsors. We have some really, really great sponsors helping out the show with some incredible products. So that's really, really awesome as well. And if you consider yourself a big fan of the show or you just really want to help out, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Basically, you get a whole bunch of bonus episodes, bonus content, access to an incredible community of like-minded fans of the show. I get on there. I do live streams, question and answer sessions, and a whole lot more. And that starts at as little as $6 a month. That gets you in, and it is what keeps this show going every single week for free. This podcast will always be free, 
Thanks to the members of the All Access Club. And you know who you are. You guys are incredible. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Check it out. Anyway, I'm going to keep this intro short. This episode is absolute gold. You are going to smile. You are going to laugh. Here it is. My conversation with Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Styx. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, you made it. How's it going, Dennis? Yeah, this is your fault. <laughs> you decided to talk to somebody who was 73. Uh. You're lucky I can even figure out where the computer is. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it must be a lot <laughs> when you get to a certain age. I mean, my, my dad is 75. Um, I haven't Zoomed with him before, but he, you know, he does Skype, um, you know, but he's my, my mother who's about 60. Oh, geez. Sorry, Maya, I forgot how old you are. My mom is 67, and she's pretty with it. She, she's she got it. So maybe it's just there's a couple-year gap there where it's harder. No, I, <laughs> I don't I've know. got it. I, okay, Tuesday is the day I go to the grocery store. Okay. Because as a, as a formal guy who worked in a grocery store for four years to put himself through college, the food normally comes in, the fresh food, on Tuesday afternoon. Oh, okay. So on Tuesday, on Tuesday, I suit up, you know, I get my hazmat suit from the dry cleaner and then I go buy groceries. <laughs> so I, I, I walked out the door and forgot about this. And plus another guy, another guy I'm working with on a, on a completely different project and this musical, we just, uh, we just purchased this beautiful set. And he also, I missed his Zoom, which is also at one o'clock. And so, uh, right. There we are. He showed it to me on Zoom, and it's a beautiful set. And now I'm talking to you. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. Um, how is it going with the, you know, the the quarantine life and all your 73 years? You haven't experienced anything like this. Uh, I got to say, though, your your best of times video on YouTube was was pretty special. Well, to start, remind me what your name is one more time. My name's Shane. Shane, that's right. Hey, I'm not going to do the jokes. I promise you. <laughs> You've heard him enough, haven't you? Oh, well, about uh, about the cowboy? Yes, of course. Who else? You know what, though? In my whole life, and I'm 39, I have only gotten the cowboy reference, and we're referencing the, the movie with and the book uh, with Alan Ladd, which came out in, I don't know, the 1950-something. And in my whole life, I've only gotten that like twice, and I was actually named after that. My My mom read the book when she was a kid, and named me after that character. And I have only gotten that. You're maybe, Dennis, you're maybe the third person ever in my life to bring that up. This kid here, Shane, he's not hanging around with any old people. <laughs> I don't know what the hell's wrong. talking to me for. Anyway, okay. Um, I'm glad she didn't like the book Old Yeller. Anyway, um, <laughs> so here we go. Hey, look, it. here's what it is. I've been in, how long have we been? Like three months here? My wife and I in this house, the only time I go out is to buy groceries. And uh, yeah. she hasn't been out at all. Neck surgery last Thanksgiving mm. and knee surgery. She's been, you know, she's been hobbling around here. Although I noticed that can, she, she, she can still kick me in the ass. But, um, so you know, she said she wants that six-foot distancing in the house with, between her and I. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even during sex. And she said it's never been better. <laughs> Oh, so it's going well. It's going well. I mean, your sense of humor has remained, at least. You know, you seem like very upbeat. Well, uh, I put the show on for you. I get remorse, very remorseful when I hang up, and I and I and I'll just I'll brood. <laughs> hey, look! What the look? At, how old are you? Thirty. I'm thirty nine. Yeah. Okay. My son just turned forty. So. What the hell are you going to do? You're just a, you know what you are? You're a brajol like me. You know what a brajol is? No. That's an Italian dish. They take uh, they take flank steak, they stuff it, and they hold it together with string. That's all we are. <laughs> right, pretty much. 
Yeah, we're meat held together with string and hope. And uh, so this is a wake-up call to say you're not so much after all. And all the things you think are important aren't. And the universe is, con- is in control. And so, like, you know, if, if I knew there were rock bands everywhere playing in front of thousands of people, I, I, I'd feel bad. But how, why should I feel bad? Nobody can do anything. This is, we're powerless right now. No, and get it, through your, get it through your stupid skulls, all you, you morons. And, you know, here's the thing about, you know, people want their, perf- their, their freedom, right? So they're going to walk around without masks. I'll say your freedom ends six feet in front of me. Yeah. That's where your rights, that's where your rights end and might begin. Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't care if you die. If you want to take the risk, go ahead. I mean, don't, don't drag me down with you. He knows what I mean. I don't mean him in the specific sense. Of course. Of course. Anyway, that's it. Enough about the COVID. We can't do shit. No. Yeah, my dad was saying, you know, he was feeling like, you know, he's 75, but he's feeling like it's such a waste of time, though, you know, because I don't know, you get older, I guess you start thinking like, hey, I'm not I'm not a kid anymore. Like, I don't know how long I have left. I mean, we never do. But when you get to that age, the mentality must change. And he's just like, it sucks. I'm I'm like, there's so many things I want to do and I can't do them. You know, that that must be frustrating. Tell him the universe doesn't care. Yeah. And here's another thing. My experience of these 73 years is the universe is in the replacement business. Did you ever see stars exploding? Things shooting the thing, blowing up this, blowing up that, crashing this, earthquake, hurricane, right? Yeah. They're in the replacement business. And uh, I think the universe views us in the same way. We could do fine without these people. That's it. Well, I mean, we can go back to 1999 and talk about you getting replaced, um, if you want yeah. to. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time yeah. now. Nice, nice transition, Shane. I talk <laughs> about anything. I'm I'm 73. I don't give a shit what anybody thinks. Yeah, I'm not 25. Worried about you know, hoping I can please every stranger and get the love from people that I never got. I don't care about that anymore. Why should I? Yeah. I, I? You know, I'm old enough to realize none of that really matters in the final analysis. So anyway, yeah, ask a question. No, I, I'm just, you know, back to ni- back to 99, you got ousted from the band. I mean, I don't know the particulars except that you got sick and, you know. Still the- sick. Still sick. Still got it. Well, it doesn't seem to be slowing you down. No, no, no. <clears throat> let, let me, yeah, learn how to cope. Let me tell you how it works. You know, all these weird post-viral symptoms people are getting from this thing. You've read about it. You've seen the pictures, right? Yeah. I can't can't smell. My toes are big. I can't walk this way. My head goes that. These are called post-viral symptoms. What happened to me is I got so sick going to my sister-in-law's funeral in San Diego, the 1998 in January, that I couldn't get better. Now, I'm a type A personality. <laughs> And to be flat on my back and not be able to do anything was a, an experience I'd never had. Yeah. And so what happened was because of the high fever that that that, that uh, went along, whatever the, whatever this thing is, I got, and my wife got. We both got it. Mm-hmm. She got better. It took her three weeks to get better. I, had I flu shot. yeah, she had a flu shot. I couldn't get better. I did. I went to every doctor. So what the upshot to go to the end of this is viruses. The doctors don't understand them. And what it did to me is it it made my my eyes, whatever the natural things eyes have to protect them from the UV rays that come from the sun and light, blah, 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 blah. Right. I, they don't function right anymore. So, you know, it's gotten progressively worse. It was bad in 98, 9, because what it did was, because I didn't realize it was the light. I never wore sunglasses and I would go out and, sit in the yard and try to soak up vitamin D. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that sure. old thing, well, that, well, that was just fucking pouring gas on the fire. <laughs> so when I realized it was that, I started recording Brave New World with the guys. And uh, then we were into what, almost two-thirds of the way through when Tommy and JY and Charlie Brusco, remember it wasn't sticks. That's what you have to make clear. It was three guys. Three guys. Yeah. I was dead. Yeah. Chuck had retired. He had full-blown AIDS. 
trying to save his life. And they came to me and said, we want to book a tour. I want to do it here. I said, oh, listen, I'm getting better slowly. I, I'm standing. I'm not going to the light. I've got glass, sunglasses. They wouldn't wait. They said, show up this day for, a, uh, for, the, for the rehearsal or we're going to replace you. Two guys. Yeah. Wait a minute. I hired them both. <laughs> I, like, I, I hired them both into my band. If now, if that sounds, I don't know, if that makes you uncomfortable, that's just a fact. Yeah, you'd think after all these years, I mean, you you guys would have done it, gotten back together, done something, you know? I mean, I, I know you've spoken that it might happen one day, um, but I don't know, does something like the, the COVID era, you know, this, this being quarantined and stuff, does that... Do you think that that gives it more of a chance of happening now? Put this, I want you to put this in bold type, Shane. It's never been up to me. I've said from the right. beginning, that I've never been out of this band. Two guys have decided that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's always, I don't have an ax to grain or a hatchet to bury. <laughs> I've said it until I'm blue in the face. Yeah. But they waged, listen, here's what happened in 1983 by Tommy's own admission. He was in trouble with drugs and alcohol. But when people are, they don't even know it, do they? Ever known somebody who had a habit like that, my friend? Yeah, sure. They can't make judgment. Right. They turn into different people. Tommy quit, arguably one of the most successful American rock and roll bands, to pursue a solo career. Forget about, forget about robots. That's horse feathers. He had a guy, a promotion guy, whispering in his ear, Tommy, you hear all the little girls screaming for you? You could be a star in your own right. Off they went, the two of them, leaving the other four guys wondering what just happened. Yep. J.Y. said, J.Y. John and Chuck all said this. This is true. Replace him, Dennis. Let's replace him. And I thought, Shane, I thought, wait a minute. Replace Tommy? I thought it showed a lack of self-awareness as to who was making, keeping the engine on the railroad tracks. Yeah. It was Tommy. Okay. You can, you can look at that objectively and see it's Dennis and Tommy. Everybody played a role. They were all important. All that sticks music was made as a collective, not by me or Tommy or any individual. It was a real group, but, Groups don't break up because of creative, creative differences. Differences. Right. That's horse, horse feathers. If you're not screwing the drummer's wife, <laughs> then it's drugs and alcohol every stinking time. Every stinking time. That's what happened to us. I said, I'm not going to replace Tommy. I don't want to have that responsibility. I said, Sticks is these five idiots. Right. And I, I clung. I clung to my belief. So, well, we move ahead. Move yeah. ahead. We're ninety six and ninety seven. We finally get back together. Have these wildly beyond our our, our, our imagination successful comeback tours. We, the plan was to do a tour ninety six and then do our first studio album in ninety seven, which would accommodate me to also work on the Hunchback of Notre Dame, a musical I had written. Yes. And it started in 1993 before I knew Sticks was going to get back together again. Those producers had invested $750,000 in my musical. And in 1997, it had already been planned for two years to make its premiere. So I said, guys, we'll do the, we'll do the first studio album and I'll do this. And then in 98, as Charlie Brusco had planned, we'll go out and tour on it. Well, I got a call at the end of the 96 tour. Are you following me? There'll be a, there'll be a quiz. And <laughs> yeah, I got it. Charlie Brusco said, Tommy, is, he's, he, needs, he needs to go on the road next year for some dates. He's cash poor. Uh. What about the Lusuri love? What about the blah, blah, blah? And he said, well, we can, we can do the, we, we recorded in the videotape the, the, the last show. And we can put that out. Uh, next year and then blah i said okay well i worked my full head off that you're trying to do three things producing yeah. a double live album for sticks return to paradise working on the hunchback and doing 40 shows and within a year and a half after i did that i got replaced 
say that to yourself, Shane. Yeah, it's it's messed up, man. Especially the courtesy that you gave to Tommy, you know, uh, earlier. That's I. That's it goes beyond that. Yeah, I never. I didn't talk about it for years, and they set out on a course, a systematic course, both JY and Tommy, in order to cover up what they had just done to a colleague, which was kicked him to the curb when he was sick. Yeah. Started telling the story that somehow Mr. Roboto in 1999 was relevant to the discussion. It wasn't because we just had two comeback tours and the folk, folk showed up. Nobody showed up and said, oh, you did Mr. Roboto. I want my money back. That never, no, <laughs> because there were a lot of sticks fans like Mr. Roboto. So that, 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 that crap old story about Babe and Mr. Roboto, it's a cover-up, baby. Totally. It's a smokescreen. Totally. And they said it for 20 years. And you know how I know it was a cover-up and a smokescreen? Because I'm telling you the truth. You can look it up. Plus, plus, they're playing Roboto now, aren't they? Mm, well, I don't know. In their set. But, I, I mean. Last, last three years, they put it in their set. If this is the thing that they claim ruined the band, why are you playing it? Yeah. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. You asked the question. Hey. That's the story. If, if they call tomorrow, I already packed my bags. They're, they're sitting in the hallway. But let me just <laughs> say this to you. When Rolling, listen, when Rolling Stone writes an article saying that sticks should reunite, is it it must be it must be a pandemic. <laughs> must be. Must be the must be the end of days. That's funny. So they, did, you, did you see that article? I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, what is he saying? Okay, so that's it. It's not me. Never was me. Am I perfect? Health? No. But I was sick, and I still, yeah. as I talk to you, I wear sunglasses all the time. Now, the last two three years, I have to wear them indoors. I, you know, I have different pairs for, for different light. So it happened to me. I didn't want it. I didn't look for it. And uh, that's it. Well, over the past 20 years, you've had a really great career by yourself regardless. And I want to talk about this new album. You know, not a lot of people are making new albums when they're 73 years old and have had such a long career that you have. In fact, You've put out music. You put out new music in seven decades. Isn't that crazy? Really? 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Well, 60s too, right? You know what? Shane is, I didn't even know that Shane is correct. That's how long I've been aggravating the public. <laughs> uh, it's 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 really, it, you know, but but my point is not that. My point is that this new album, Dennis, is awesome. It's really good, and I, I I read that you never considered yourself a songwriter, that you didn't really know what you oh, were yes. doing, uh, but, you know, yeah. me- melodies always come very easily to you, but it's safe to say you figured out something with this album, because it is, it's amazing. It's really, really good. Uh, are, you ex- are you expecting me to argue with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what happens when you, you know, I don't know how many albums, studio albums you've made. Probably at least twenty five, thirty albums in your in your life. I mean, I don't know, and to to be at this age and would be putting out music of this quality, um, everything about this record is really solid. Do I have to send you money now, or I'll take it? Okay, I ain't sending. Um, here's the deal: Jim Peterick pulled me into this project, kicking and screaming. I didn't want to do it. Rock music is dead. Wake up. In this country, there is no radio for it. That's where it always thrived. Yeah. The powers that be, the corporations that own these radio stations, who literally um, have decided there is no more rock. It's pop. Pop won. It's won. Watch the awards shows. Watch the sales. Pop, rap, country. Rock? Who cares? Nobody cares. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Nobody can. And I said, I'm I'm going to go through all this time and trouble to make. Yeah, it took two and a half, almost three years to make the album because I was bound and determined once I agreed to do it. I'm not doing it unless the songs are good. If you don't have songs, a note to all my favorite musicians, don't make any albums. 
just shut up and go to barber college. Because, <laughs> because I'm telling you, we don't need music. We need great songs. There's plenty of music. It's floating around everywhere. If you can't, if you haven't got a good song, don't bother us. Yeah. And I was bound to the I told Peter from the beginning, this is going to be a concept album. And the concept is don't suck. <laughs> oh, now, you're not going to get any, but you'll never, you'll never talk to another musician who will be as honest as I am. It's never going to happen. Good. And the I, honesty, love, I love this. The honesty only comes from one place. We are all part and parcel of the grand illusion, which I told my audience in 1977 is not to believe in the radio. Don't be fooled by it. I said, deep and say, we're all the same. We're up here now on this stage. Eh, a couple of years ago, we were in the audience. Look, looking up at the stage and saying, when's that going to happen, if ever? Right. So that's all, you know, who we are. We are the brush holes <laughs> with instruments. So, there has been hero worship of rock stars as far back as I can remember, which is probably, well, I know. When I saw the Beatles, I said, I think I want to do that job. So uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand the deal. But I, I said early on, don't hero worship us, will you? <laughs> you know? And it was true because most rock, rock musicians, I mean, th there's a lot of made some nice music, but, you know, right now, like people say to me, Dennis, your music, we need it now more than ever. I said, you're wrong. We need a vaccine. Right. You know, music is great, but we need a vaccine so we can enjoy it. Go into concert halls again. Go into a stadium. Go into a club. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be with our children. That's more important than what I do. And um, I know what joy music has brought to my audience. They've told me in no uncertain terms. And I'm it's like the greatest residual I've ever got. And when I started to do this, I was just trying to please my mom. Just like you're, who are you trying to please, Shane? Mom or dad? Uh, keep it to yourself. Yeah, okay, you I'll know keep it, who I'll it is. I'll keep it to myself, sure. You, you know exactly who it is. You didn't have to think. You know the one that's harder to please. So <laughs> I, I took up the accordion to please my mom. And I worked at it. And that's what we all do. We want to be loved. We want approval. Shane, you want me to like you, don't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I want you to like me. Why wouldn't I? I don't need enemies. So the thing is, this is what drives everybody, is, is the need to be loved and approved of. So I started, my, my, uh, my highway to that success was the music thing. And I worked real hard at it. I took no prisoners. I didn't suffer fools. I worked because I wanted it so badly. And so the greatest res residual is now when I was making it for young people, I have these people in their 50s, 60s, sometimes 70s, tell me both in Facebook posts and when they get a chance to meet me, what I have meant to their life. Holy shit. Yeah. Shame. Right. I to myself. I'm just trying to kick Errol Smith and Queen's ass here. <laughs> That's the fucking truth. That's all I'm doing. And now people are saying, "Did you, you brought up the best of times, over a million, 300,000, who's counting I am. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful video. Okay. It, was, it was great. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, You know, the Facebook people said, Dennis, please, please be all like all these other needy celebrities. And make one of these things from your home. I didn't want to do it. I have an iPad. I put it on the piano, stacked it on top of a UPS box in the shoebox. <laughs> My right. piano was out of tune, and I sang it. And I thought, oh, this, what do you think of that, Dennis? It's okay. I think oh, it's okay, you know. Um, and I and I had a guy post it on YouTube. Uh, I and then it then it went like, what the hell is going on? I. I I trended, Shane. I hadn't trended since 1981 because of my mustache. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't invent the mustache. So there I am. I'm, I'm, I'm trending. I'm going, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm Lady Gaga. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, that happened. And if you look, you wouldn't. You haven't got the time. Why should you care? There's like 9,000 comments. Oh, no, I was it, looking it at them. Time. I was looking at them. Yeah, I mean – 
yeah, you want to have a good day? Go and imagine your name whenever it says Dennis. Right. <laughs> well, Try those sneakers. You know, but it, it does speak to your talent. And, you know, it's these days it's a lot easier for, you know, somebody to, to not have to work as hard at their art be a musician to get the same results because you know of auto-tune and all these different effects and things that you can do you know but that's you literally you're like you said your ipad up on a box and you just hitting record and singing and you sound incredible um you know with no fixing up or anything and i think that that's really refreshing for people from this era you know the youtube era let's just call it that you know, and that that is why those numbers keep climbing and people are sharing this and saying, this is real talent. This is a guy that really worked, you know, and has has maintained this voice. I mean, you sound, you know, I don't know if you look 73. I think you look pretty good for your age, but you certainly don't sound 73. You sound like you're 25. Well, um, I, I would be lying if I say it, it, it affected me so deeply. Yeah. The first Sunday, it was posted on a Saturday, and the next morning I got up and I looked at the numbers and I went, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so I thought, is this a mistake? And so I started reading the comments. I started to tear up. I had to stop reading them Aww. because they were, no, they really, because they were so, they, human beings at that moment were exposed. They couldn't pretend. They couldn't put up their facade. They were trapped in their houses. And their true emotions poured out. And they landed on me. And I, I think, wow, okay. Uh, the things they said about me and they continue to say about me is, I've been, I've, you said I rebuilt my career. Really, not from the bottom up, but Shane, pretty doggone close. Yeah. Because two guys, Two guys bumped me out of my band. And it's been hard, hard work for almost 17 years to get where I am. Because of a guy who came into my life, my manager, Tim Orchard, who saved me. He said, you know, he, he started out by promoting a couple of shows because he's a very big promoter in Chicago. And then we became best pals. And he said, let's go, baby. Let's go. We'll do this thing together. And he did, but I felt like, you know, I felt for 20 odd years I've been, I've been like Albert Brooks. I'm defending my life. Yeah. I'm thinking, why am I doing this? I've already, you know, those stages. When I walked off that stage in 1997 for the last time with my pals, there were 9,000 people in the room. And I, and then the next time I got on stage, I'm playing for small crowds in places that I already played. 45 years earlier on the way up. That's hard, right. man. That's right. hard. But I stuck with it. So when these people now, a million and 9,000 people want to tell me how wonderful they think I am uh, because I remind them, I know who I am to them. I'm their youth. Right. That's who I am. What I do, they hear me sing, they're 17 and 16 years old again. And I think... Like I said, I'm a lucky man. I'm a lucky man that I decided to do this. I'm a lucky man that I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And these fans have given me um, a beautiful life for me and my family. Uh, So for them to pour out their hearts to me, for them to pour out their hearts to me like that, I think, you know, when people say, and they said it a lot, I'm a gift from God. I said, we should have a discussion with God about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it really was a great thing. And it's, it's amazing how it touched you so much, you know, when you think of all your achievements and the, you know, the millions of albums and what was it, four consecutive triple platinum albums and, you know, all those hit songs that you wrote. You know, um, not even co-wrote. You wrote those songs. I mean, all that, those accolades you got for this little YouTube video to be so special in the grand scheme of your life, that is a really, really beautiful story. It brings a tear to my eye, too. Do you realize how many times, how many shows I'd have to play to see a million, 130,000, whatever the number is? Yeah. People? I, I No, true. I would be, I, I'd be dead 10 times over. <laughs> so that wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as true if we got back together again. 
Uh, yeah, it'd be pretty big. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, um, I, I saw it and I thought, what were all these, you know, so many people clearly didn't even know I wasn't in the band. But lots of people clearly had forgotten about sticks. But when they saw this and they heard me, they were reminded because they loved the band. They loved the band, man. Four triple platinum albums in a row. Sold out shows for six years. That's a run. And uh, and Tommy threw it all away. He threw it all away. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, you've been talking about the Beatles a lot. Your love for the Beatles is no secret. And you have a very awesome collaboration with Julian Lennon, John Lennon's son, on this new album of yours, To the Good Old Days. It's wait a, a minute. Beautiful- wait, 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 wait a minute. He's John Lennon's son. <laughs> I thought that voice was familiar. <laughs> How, I mean, without but, a, I mean, I know you guys didn't get get together in person to do the song, right? He recorded it separately. But I mean, when you got those tracks back and you heard your voices together, that must have been kind of magical. And because that that song is incredible and and very very cool. I'll tell you the story. I wanted to do a Beatle tribute on the last album. I wrote a song and thought, who could sing this with me? And then, uh, but the song I initially wrote was all wrong. No, that's not for that's not for Jules. So I went to the piano and I wrote a song specifically for our voices. That's I, that was my premise. Yeah. And I, I did a demo, sent it to his manager, who was a business manager. He hasn't done music in six or seven years at least. And I never thought I'd hear I'd hear back. And he he wrote back. He'd be honored to do it. So we met in New York at Brooklyn Sound. And we stood in the room, we talked, uh, we discussed how this was going to be done. I said, I really want you to sing it by yourself. I know there's guide tracks on here. I want you to ignore them and I want you to make it your own. I'll harmonize with you. That's what we did. Uh, And uh, Jules Jules loved the song. And so uh, I came home and finished it. That's the story. We didn't do it um, via Skype or anything else. It was really... Two guys in the room. And then, you know, I was not surprised. When I wrote the song, I was in, I was envisioning the sound of us together. And then I stood. Can you imagine this? Being a Beatles fan, I stood in the control room with him. And we just started singing along with the track, not on microphone. And I went, I thought to myself, oh, this is good. <laughs> so um, that's what happened. Cool. Well, you know, I thought, you know, there was talk of this being your last album. Uh, I know it's now it's called Volume One, which means there's a Volume Two coming, which is really great. But you know, I thought the last track on the album, AD twenty twenty, it was very it was very channeling of Abbey Road, you know, the final Beatles album with with that very short song at the end, kind of like Her Majesty. I I really like the way you ended this album. When I started out to do this, when I agreed to Jim. But Jim, uh, we'd write some songs together. <clears throat> I um, I knew that's how it was going to end, and it was only supposed to be one album, not two. Yeah. So that was my my waving goodbye to everybody. That's it. That's it. Bring the curtain down. We don't, you know, that's exit stage left immediately. <laughs> so that's how I planned it. I've been trying to write Abbey Road since the Grand Illusion, right? And failed it. Failed every time, but only shows you how great Abbey Road is that when you fail, I still sold millions of albums. <laughs> Not I shouldn't say I. That's I is wrong. Well, we. you wrote a lot of the hits, man. So anyway, so yeah, that's what it is. It's supposed to be. And in the end, right? The love you take that I, I do that every night. I play best of times and then we go right into uh, that piece yeah. and and then that's the end of the show. So I knew that's that's what AD 1958, when I did it for Paradise, I was that's what I was trying to write. So you're astute to have noticed that. Oh, you thanks. were completely correct. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, I, I really, really did enjoy the new album. I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, Dennis, thank you uh, for this talk. And, with, and- oh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. With all due respect. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. 
<laughs> with all due respect, you're an asshole. I I oh I laughed my ass off when I heard that line. Um, and it's a great have single, seen- and it's very current to the moment. Let's talk about that one for a second. Have you seen the video? No, I haven't seen the video. Is there oh a video? My God. Oh my god! I gotta watch the video. I'll do that right when I get off the phone five with days, you. Yeah, it's it, it's it was released five days ago. Oh Go man, okay. Look. I should, I should tell you to, to to watch it and then call me back. <laughs> I I uh I I I'll encourage everyone else to watch it as well, and I will definitely watch it. Um, no, we, you got you, you They tell me you have young people in your audience. Uh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's uh, it's all young people. Are you young people who've tuned this guy out a long long time ago because he was talking to an old person? Shame on you. No, I you know I think they're gonna love this. Um, I think all my listeners are gonna love this, and they're going to even if they don't are too young to remember sticks, they're going to love uh, this conversation we've had because it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> you're you're great, man. You're a great interview. Oh, watch all you guys out there. Watch the video with all due respect. I'm pulling and it then up. you you'll I'm laugh it up right now, you'll... but I I will watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'll sit here. No, I'll sit here. You got time? I'll sit I, I, here for you know five what? minutes. The, the Zoom end, the Zoom uh, call is going to end. Oh, so right, right, wanna, right, right. We right, can just right. go right back into it, though, and it'll reset. It doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, so, so why don't. Um, All right, I'll just, you watch it. Okay, I'll, I'll watch just, it when I'll it's done. We'll here. go back in the call. Yeah, I'm just sitting here at the kitchen table. All right, <laughs> perfect. I'm going to watch the video. I'll see. I'll talk to you in a minute, Dennis. Are you still there? I'm here. The phone didn't cut off. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to cut off at 40 minutes, but uh, I guess they're uh, being nice to us. Uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll cut this in. I just watched the video. It's <laughs> it's great. You know, one thing I always loved about about Sticks was that you guys kind of never seemed to really care. You kind of did whatever you wanted to do. Sort of said whatever you wanted to say. You know, you're writing long-ass songs for the radio and not really censoring yourself. And this is a prime example of you literally just saying what you want to say. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be said. How many times? Yeah. You know you know what I called up more importantly than using the word asshole, which is fine, is that I was pointing out, first and foremost, the hypocrisy of the phrase, with all due respect. Right. Because... <laughs> Sure. Because when somebody said that to you, you know they they're thinking you're an asshole. That's all they're saying. It is, and so it is I started funny. with, yeah, I started with that premise, and then of course I'm taking on, in my opinion, the the, the news media establishment, who has turned into this monolithic. It's not monolithic, if anything, but it's turned into this thing that disguises news. And it's really partisanship and it's doing great disservice to us because news has become a form of entertainment that's fueled by people who have a political agenda. News right. can't be there. We have to keep that at bay. If you have public opinion, uh, this, this country is built on the fact that there's big mouths who get to say whatever they want because of the First Amendment, which is fine. But at least tell us if you get a point of view and you're an opinion writer, that's fine. We welcome that. But don't pretend that you don't have an agenda when you're delivering us the news and stop exacerbating the differences between us for cash. That's all they do. All that fear you're trying to sell and all that beer you're trying to sell. It's very, I'm done. That's it. It's very true. No, I mean, it's 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 a good statement, too, because I, I don't know your political uh, beliefs. I don't I feel like you're kind of in the middle. Um from you know things I've read about you and stuff, I I know you're not a Trump supporter, that's for sure. Um, but you know, I, I I mean I I read that you voted for Obama, for example. So you know I I don't know where you stand, but I think your message is really important, and that's you know to make up your own mind, you know, and and realize that that I guess there are there have been. I don't know how to say this. There have been um, good things on both sides, right? I mean, over the years, there's been good ideas on both sides. And if you say that's not true, then you're probably lying to yourself. That's right. And I voted for both Republicans and Democrats for president. I have. Yeah. I try to judge them knowing they're flawed, like me and you. And um, But ultimately, you know, I do have time than the, more than the average guy to sit around and think about these things because I 
I, I you know, I'm paid handsomely to think. <laughs> so, uh, but but consequent, consequently, uh, we all have to understand that in the last election, I didn't vote for either of the major candidates. I just could not. So that's who I am. Yeah. Um, I believe that you know when when people are in this country <clears throat> divided, like all people, like all rock bands in some way, uh, to, in order for the thing to function, common ground must be found. That's it. You can't. Neither side has a majority, so you can't sit there and go, you know, point a finger and make faces at the other person. You've got to get together somehow, and 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 really figure out what's best for the country. So that's my position, and I'm just saying the news media, it's ruining the moral fabric and fiber of our country by constantly making us feel think we all hate each other. We do not. That's a very good, very good point. It's a very, very good point. Well, Dennis, uh, thank you so much for this. Um, you know, hopefully we get back to some normalcy, and hopefully they bring baseball back. I know you're a big White Sox fan. I am. I can't wait. Yeah, I hope it's happening. It's, there's some rumblings today. Maybe it will happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know you know you want to get back on stage and promote this awesome new record. And who knows if Sticks will ever get back together with the original lineup or what's left of it. I really hope one day you know we can see that uh, you know before it's too late. Me too, and thanks, thanks, Shane. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dennis. Um, I'm going to play a tune for the people. Something off your new record. Uh, which song would you like them to hear? Uh, do you have a favorite on there? I mean, I don't know. What did you like? I I liked. Well, I liked the the duet with Julian. I did like with all due respect. Uh, those were two of the standout tracks, I'd say. So uh, I'll pick one of those. You bet. All right, Dennis. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Have a great day, friend. Thanks. Bye now. So there it is with Dennis. Isn't that guy awesome? What a legend in more ways than one. I encourage you all to check out his new album. It is seriously incredible. With all due respect, what a banger. And yes, go watch the video. I watched it in the middle of the podcast. I didn't leave that whole part in. I thought about it, doing a little commentary to the video, but I thought that might be a little weird with this platform being audio only. So, But go go check that out, the whole record, and let's hope that maybe this COVID thing can result in sticks getting back together, at least for one last show or something, you know? I would love to see it. I really, really would. Over the next couple weeks, we've got some of the best episodes with some really big guests. So make sure you are subscribed. You don't want to miss them. I don't spill the beans on guests. I don't know why I don't, because it probably would only help, you know, get people excited and hype it up. I just never do that. So I encourage you to check back on Wednesday for who it is, and you're going to love it. You're going to be really, really excited. So hit the subscribe button. Check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club if you can. Tell a friend. Tell a loved one. And I will, of course, see you next week. I'll leave you with a tune. Here it is, a new one from Dennis DeYoung featuring Julian Lennon. This is called To the Good Old Days. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. It's so hard to say goodbye. So I promise not to cry But any tears that might be shed Are only tears of joy And I thank my lucky stars That we've come so very far Rising up against the odds To where we are today Though there may be sadness Let's all raise a glass Cheers to us and all that's past To the good old days when the world was new When we still believed dreams could come true To the good old days and to all our friends May the memories last 
somehow we could stay safe again, so safe again.